Chapter Four of The House in the Mist by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Four: The Final Shock. Her baby had fallen asleep. I knew this by the faint, slow sweetness of her croon, and shuddering with the horrors I had witnessed, horrors which acquired a double force from the contrast presented by the peace of this quiet spot and the hallowing influence of the sleeping infant, I threw myself down in the darkness at her feet, gasping out, "'Oh, thank God and your uncle's seeming harshness that you have escaped the doom which has overtaken those others. You and your babe are still alive, while they—what of them? What has happened to them? You are breathless, trembling. You have brought no bread.' no no food in this house means death your relatives gave food and wine to your uncle at a supper he though now in his grave has returned the same to them there was a bottle i stopped appalled a shriek muffled by distance but quivering with the same note of death i had heard before had gone up again from the other side of the wall against which we were leaning oh she gasped and my father was at that supper my father who died last night cursing the day he was born we are an accursed race i have known it all my life perhaps that was why i mistook passion for love and my baby oh god have mercy god have mercy the plaintiveness of that cry the awesomeness of what i had seen of what was going on at that moment almost within the reach of our arms the darkness the desolation of our two souls affected me as i had never been affected in my whole life before in the concentrated experience of the last two hours i seemed to live years under this woman's eyes to know her as i did my own heart to love her as i did my own soul no growth of feeling ever brought the ecstasy of that moment's inspiration with no sense of doing anything strange with no fear of being misunderstood i reached out my hand and touching hers where it lay clasped about her infant i said we are two poor wayfarers a rough road loses half its difficulties when trodden by two shall we then fare on together we and the little child she gave a sob there was sorrow longing grief hope in its thrilling low sound as i recognized the latter emotion i drew her to my breast the child did not separate us we shall be happy i murmured and her sigh seemed to answer a delicious yes when suddenly there came a shock to the partition against which we leaned and starting from my clasp she cried our duty is in there shall we think of ourselves or even of each other while these men all relatives of mine are dying on the other side of this wall seizing my hand she dragged me to the trap but here i took the lead and helped her down the ladder when i had her safely on the floor at the foot she passed in front of me again but once up the steps and in front of the kitchen door i thrust her behind me for one glance into the room beyond had convinced me it was no place for her 
but she would not be held back she crowded forward beside me and together we looked upon the wreck within it was a never-to-be-forgotten scene the demon that was in those men had driven them to demolish furniture dishes everything in one heap lay what an hour before had been an inviting board surrounded by rollicking and greedy guests but it was not upon this overthrow we stopped to look it was upon something that mingled with it dominated it and made of this chaos only a setting to awful death janet's face in all its natural hideousness and depravity looked up from the floor beside this heap and farther on the twisted figure of him they called hector with something more than the seams of greedy longing around his wide staring eyes and icy temples two in this room and on the threshold of the one beyond a moaning third who sank into eternal silence as we approached and before the fireplace in the great room a horrible crescent that had once been aged luke upon whom we had no sooner turned our backs than we caught glimpses here and there of other prostrate forms which moved once under our eyes and then moved no more one only still stood upright and he was the man whose obtrusive figure and sordid expression had so revolted me in the beginning there was no colour now in his flabby and heavily fallen cheeks the eyes in whose false sheen i had seen so much evil were glazed now and his big and burly frame shook the door it pressed against he was staring at a small slip of paper he held and from his anxious looks appeared to miss something which neither of us had the power to supply it was a spectacle to make devils rejoice and mortals fly aghast but eunice had a spirit like an angel and drawing near him she said is there anything i can do for you cousin john he started looked at her with the same blank gaze he had hitherto cast at the wall then some forms formed on his working lips and we heard i can't reckon i was never good at figures but if luke is gone and william and hector and barbara's boy and janet how much does that leave for me he was answered almost the moment he spoke but it was by other tongues and in another world than this as his body fell forward i tore open the door before which he had been standing and lifting the almost fainting eunice in my arms i carried her out into the night as i did so i caught a final glimpse of the pictured face i found it so hard to understand a couple of hours before i understood it now a surprise awaited us as we turned toward the gate the mist had lifted and a keen but not unpleasant wind was driving from the north borne on it we heard voices the village had emptied itself probably at the alarm given by the lawyer and it was these good men and women whose approach we heard as we had nothing to fear from them we went forward to meet them as we did so three crouching figures rose from some bushes we passed and ran scurrying before us through the gateway they were the latecomers who had shown such despair at being shut out from this fatal house and who probably did not yet know the doom they had escaped 
there were lanterns in the hands of some of the men who now approached as we stopped before them these lanterns were held up and by the light they gave we saw first the lawyer's frightened face then the visages of two men who seemed to be persons of some authority what news faltered the lawyer seeing by our faces that we knew the worst bad i returned the poison had lost none of its virulence by being mixed so long with the wine how many asked the man on his right anxiously eight was my solemn reply there were but eight faltered the lawyer that means then all all i repeated a murmur of horror rose swelled then died out in tumult as the crowd swept on past us for a moment we stood watching these people saw them pause before the door we had left open behind us then rush in leaving a wail of terror on the shuddering midnight air when all was quiet again eunice laid her hand upon my arm where shall we go she asked despairingly i do not know a house that will open to me the answer to her question came from other lips than mine i do not know one that will not spoke up a voice behind our backs your withdrawal from the circle of heirs did not take from you your rightful claim to an inheritance which according to your uncle's will could be forfeited only by a failure to arrive at the place of distribution within the hour set by the testator as i see the matter now this appeal to the honesty of the persons so collected was a test by which my unhappy client strove to save from the general fate such members of his miserable family as fully recognized their sin and were truly repentant it was lawyer smead he had lingered behind the others to tell her this she was then no outcast but rich very rich how rich i dared not acknowledge to myself lest a remembrance of the man who was the last to perish in that house of death should return to make this calculation hateful it was a blow which struck deep deeper than either of us had sustained that night as we came to realize it i stepped slowly back leaving her standing erect and tall in the middle of the roadway with her baby in her arms but not for long soon she was close at my side murmuring softly two wayfarers still only the road will be more difficult and the need of companionship greater shall we fare on together you i and the little one end of chapter four end of the house in the mist by anna catherine green recording by carolyn in april two thousand and twelve in oslo norway thanks for listening